Hi, guys, and welcome back to Web Piano Teacher Artist Series podcast. We are talking about Billy Joel's The Stranger album. Mm -hmm. And doing the title track today. Doing the title track, The Stranger. Sean, <laughs> take it away. All right.
Nice work. There we go. Ha! I made it through. That was my best <laughs> take there. It was. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I kind of you know, I kind of know the song, you know, when we, we do the podcast, but I don't really know it. And I kind of, you know, in the morning of it, <laughs> really work on it and, and I kind of peak. So I, I, I peaked on this one. That was fun. How does it feel? This is this is where you know Billy Joel. He's an amazing composer, amazing lyric writer, but he also can has amazing range. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, amazing. So, and this doesn't even get that high for him. It's really in the middle, and he and he's got that lower. Wah, 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 wah. I mean, that's down in this area yeah. where most men's voices are, but he's got that you know that tough guy sound like I talk about. Well, we all want to know, you know, it's got that sound. And then he get, then he has that middle part. Na, 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 na. That's a no. totally different. I mean, yeah, that's in my range. And he's just soaring, you know. Normally people can't do both of those things. I know. And much less have the guts to put it in one song. Oh, gosh. I, I will admit the first time I heard this, this, I wasn't as familiar with this song. I mean, I kind of knew the melody. I mean, it was recognizable, but I didn't really know it. Yeah. as well as I knew some of his other songs. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, like, love it at first. I was kind of like, why is this the title track? There's so much better songs on this album. <laughs> but I then I spent, like, I really didn't like it. Have you then, had heard it as much as the others, or did no, you really? No, okay. I hadn't heard it as much as the others. Okay. Now, I spent a lot more time with the song because we had to. And now I really feel like it's one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think this goes to say, this is why Billy Joel songs are maybe turn people off at first. And then at the same time, it's why people love his songs so much because there's so much in the song. Uh -huh. There's so much in this song. Yeah. And even his delivery of it, like vocally, at first kind of put me off because you're like, why is he doing this like that we hide away forever? forever. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. at first, listen, it's kind of cheesy. But now you can't not sing along when you now hear Now I cannot sing along. And I leather. and it's like now I feel like I understand the song as a whole. It's like other, this is why I don't like classical music because you have to actually spend time listening to it. You have to spend time deciphering what's going on in the music well you can you don't have to but yeah you can it's there for you to do that yeah i don't know i felt <laughs> like that's what happened with this song yeah well there are many layers there is i mean there's there's three different personalities in this mm -hmm. song to me and it kind of goes along i just thought of this this morning that you know the mask because we have different masks we wear for whatever you know mm -hmm. situation we're in sometimes you know uh but i feel like uh, the beginning, you know, I just think of Billy Joel walking along in a black and white <laughs> movie and yeah, he's got a trench coat on and Casablanca, he's smoking a cigarette kinda. or something and, and, and he's whistling, just kind of walking by. So you have that, that part of him, you know, and he can whistle, man. Yeah. I can't, really I whistle. could do this if it weren't for the, I can't hit that high E on the whistle. I can't on the other parts. And it's hard to whistle on the mic because it stops your air, you know? Well, he did it. Yeah. Well, he he had a, a different. He probably That's had true. a mic that was far away. Anyway, so I almost could could do. It. I just can't hit that high E. The whistling. Yeah. I mean, that's that's cool. To have whistling in a song. There's a story behind that. 
Okay. He so the producer, well, Billy Joel came um, into recording this and what wanted it to be his vision for that part was like have a wind instrument of some kind, probably a clarinet. I can hear a clarinet. And he was trying to explain to the producer what he wanted. Yeah. And he was like, it'll be like this. And then he whistled yeah. the part. And the guy was like, absolutely not. We don't need a wind instrument. You're just going to whistle it. <laughs> and that was it. That's yeah. that, There it was. Yeah. So you have that whole, you know, uh, sound there. Yeah. Like you said, makes you have that Casablanca feel. And then you come in with this. So you have that that uh, guitar riff that to me is just as hooky as any of the maybe maybe the most hooky part, you know. Um, and I wondered if he wrote that riff or did the guitar player or you know how that process. I feel went. like he he probably did just like he came with that clarinet part, yeah, or woodwind instrument part, and then yeah, the, with the input of somebody else. Uh huh. Was able to be like, no, you got to whistle. Yeah. And it does. It's you like this old Spencer Tracy, like, movie, smoke yeah. coming around, like, yeah. down the alley. And then this driving, dun, dun, E minor, seven, then, you know, very powerful, that, that driving quarter note mm -hmm. in it. And it's just completely different than uh, the first part. And, of course, the way he, you know, there's no nice whistling. There's, well, we all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Some uh, leather. Yeah. So very punched in the in the lyrics. That, that's there. a uh, Billy Joel signature thing. Yeah, he can change how he sounds singing it, but he always hits those consonants. And in the same song, I mean, we can all say, "Oh, he sings this song different. He he transforms himself. He becomes this song." But he does different things in this one song. Yes. You know? So you get to the third part. Uh, um, Don't be afraid to try again. Nah. So you have this nah, other nah. sound. Nah, 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 nah. So it's almost kind of Broadway sounding to me. Uh, but he changes his voice there and he has ha matches what this, this feel is. So, see, that was something that got me right at first. Yeah. Like, I know okay, you like that part. I do <clears throat> like that part. And I like the other part. I just at first wasn't sure if I liked them together in one song. Yeah. But I do now. And, but yeah, to me, sometimes I can be like humming in my head the verse part. Yeah. And then other times I'll be humming in my head the chorus part as if they were, as if I didn't have the same song stuck in my head. Do yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a genius. <laughs> I know this song has, has everything in it. And uh, you know, this part. Very Broadway saying. Love the he does that all the time by the way that chord progression what is what is that chord progression oh what is that minor <laughs> i'll figure it out later <laughs> but it's it's a minor minor seven to a, a major seven we're using we're getting to four see we want to go when you get there but a cool way to get there is but you listen for his music, you'll always hear that da da, and you can always sing ooh hoo to it. It's how you know it. Yeah. it comes up. If you can go ooh hoo, then that then he's using it, which you know other people have used it, but he seems to really put it in really cool places. 
Well, because his songs uh, need a lot of transitions. Yeah. And and look at the transition of this. So you're in this... Or his songs have a lot yeah. of transitions. He needs to have a lot of bridges between yeah. those. So you're in this cool, flowy part, you know, uh, Broadway sounding. And then how does he get back? So cool. I was too scared to try that when I was playing it to do the... There's a, a D natural in there. And I wasn't... I didn't want to do it like I did there and miss it. But that's a, a jazzy chord. Now, one chord... Bum, bum, and then he's back. Yeah. So that's pretty ingenious to have one chord and then we're back. I mean, we talk about him being a musical genius. <laughs> yeah. He really know. is. It yes. He really is on the on the what he did tops. Here's what I think about him though. He is not just extremely gifted and intelligent on the musical side. Yeah. He's he's just a genuinely like extremely intelligent like knowledge seeking person. Yeah, I didn't know that about him. I, I kind of knew that, but then when I started overhearing the interviews you were listening to, I was like, yeah. "Oh, wow, he's really well read. He um, knows more history than many, probably many of the professors that Well, <laughs> taught me in college." So he was a high school dropout. He did not graduate high school. Yeah. And he has zero like care that he was a high school dropout. You know, like how some people might carry that, like ashamed of it or worried that they could never, uh -huh. oh, that that is not for me. I didn't graduate high school. He was not that way. In fact, from the, his... So you never heard him regret that he... No, he that. said okay. the only regret he had was that it, it made his mom sad. Yeah. You know, sure. it bothered him that it bothered her, like okay. genuinely bothered him that it bothered her. Um, and then I'm trying to think how long ago or long after he didn't graduate high school that his high school came back and gave him a diploma. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> An honorary diploma. <laughs> but that's neat. He did not graduate high school because he was not intelligent. In fact, I think he didn't graduate high school because he was too intelligent yeah. And he was so extremely well-read and just had a genuine um, desire and love. Even then. Even then. For yeah. history. I mean, Greek mythology. These, I mean, he read it all. Mm -hmm. Even as a kid. He read it all. And so he'd show up to his high school history class and know more than the teacher, genuinely, yeah. and have more passion for whatever subject, yeah. maybe, than the teacher. And just felt like it was a waste of his time. <laughs> and again, he was unilaterally focused on becoming a famous musician. Yeah. And so if if it did not, if something got in the way of that, or if it didn't wasn't going to aid that end uh -huh. for him. It was pointless. It was pointless to him. And I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I loved hearing. I, I saw part of uh, a thing where he went to a high school or, or no, a college, and a music college, and was talking about Beethoven and was talking about music, classical music, not his mm -hmm. music. And he was kind of going through and, and making his own observations. What Beethoven probably thought here, and probably, and it was just so such a fresh perspective after someone being in those those stuffy dry history classes talking. You know, but Beethoven was a real person who struggled and who had flaws and. Uh, and just hearing how Billy would go through it, because he didn't have that other stuff that was forced down his throat, 
that this is the way it was. Now he, mm-hmm. he got to form his own conclusions from it. And it was just so refreshing to hear him talk about it. And I thought, you know, he does, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to go to a music college and give a, you know, seminar about classical music, but he just, I guess that was just a passion, something he wanted to do. And that really uh, made me re- respect him. Um, yes. And, on so many levels. And it helps me to understand um, his songwriting, like the lyrics, because they're not surface level. He's not just telling a story from start to finish, even this song. So this song, somebody smarter than me figured this out, and I just then looked it up. Okay. But so there was like a German philosopher way back. All right. Carl Jung, who wrote about the shadow self. So this song is Billy Joel's homage to that philosophical idea did of the he, shadow. Did he man. corroborate that? That he said that's that he felt like that's what it was. Or here's every time you look at an interview of Billy Joel and somebody like points out uh-huh. the great effort or genius, like trying to tell him like, hey. Normal people don't know this information, and then you made it into a hit song. Okay. He kind of brushes it off like... Yeah. Not even... It's not humility, I don't think, and it's not... It's just like... Okay. You know, (laughs) I mean, I don't think he has any emotion attached to it. Like, he doesn't elevate himself. Yeah. It's just... (laughs) I just am like, wow, he's such a cool guy. I always liked whenever... Someone was, you know, they always want to know what the music was about. What are you thinking? What are you doing? And they would, you know, Howard Stern or somebody would give this long thing. And he would go, well, you know, I never thought, I never thought of that. I don't know. You know, he was, he's totally open to what someone else would think about what, instead of all caught him up in himself. Yeah. You know? Well, and, he said uh-uh. that he has lived anything but an unexamined life. Yeah. But what he's discovered, he's kept private. But then I I think he thinks he's kept it private. Yeah. But then you have a song like this, and then you know his backstory. So, again, his marriage was falling apart with his first wife, Elizabeth. You can hear that in this song, right? Yeah. I mean, and also, I don't know her. I don't know Billy (laughs) Joel either. Yeah. So. (laughs) But a lot of the book that I read, she just... He says nice things about her. Yeah. He's a very gracious person. I don't think he ever harbors like unforgiveness. Yeah. But he is was treated terrible by her uh-huh. and her brother and the company that they built. And yeah. I mean, Billy Joel said their family, it was like some Greek tragedy, you know, like uh-huh. The way they treated each other. Anyway, but you kind of read all of that and you're like, okay, now I'm I'm re- hearing this song and I think, oh, it's obviously about her. Yeah. But then, I mean, the shadow man is more about your blind spots. Okay. Right? So it's it's about you think you see so clearly, but then you actually can't see clearly because of this shadow man that's within you. That is your blind spot to Mm -hmm. knowing whether you're truly right or knowing whether you're truly wrong. Yeah. Okay, that's deep. So we always think we (laughs) you have this blind spot for knowing if you're wrong. You know, people who are stubborn and they just won't Mm -hmm. admit that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. But he 
this is like, oh, you, you actually don't know if you're ever truly right. You actually don't know if you're ever truly wrong. Isn't that deep? <laughs> but then here it is in this song that's so catchy and singable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you even have the, you know, the two, like I said, the, the two personalities or three personalities. And like then you think, oh, it's about his fraying relationship with his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife, yeah. which it was. He admitted that uh-huh. their relationship gave him a ton of material yeah. for this album. <laughs> but then it's like that he'll, and then you think it must also be reflective of himself too. Yeah. Which I just find fascinating. <laughs> and like you said, there is a particular interview of him on Howard Stern. And it's, yeah. I don't even know. 2000 late yeah, 2000s? It's pretty old. Yeah. I don't know and we we probably will get into it because it's about one of the songs on this album yeah but Howard Stern asks him a very poignant question and Billy Joel again he's like look man I don't really examine these things yeah this is just what <laughs> came out uh-huh. and there's like the surface level and then there's like a deeper level which I don't think you can make assumptions about people unless you have experienced it to some level and have an understanding of your, you know, from yourself and your own experience. Anyway, I think when it's an indicator, when people are so interested in what their artist was thinking or what, you know, how they came up with this, it just, the fact that they're so interested in that shows how uh, much their, their music infiltrates the person, how much uh, it becomes a part of them when they're so Mm -hmm. concerned with what, you know, who cares, but they do care. What, what, what was Billy thinking when he wrote this? What was, cause I, I want to know, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm not like, you know, I again, have to know. I but don't think he was necessarily writing solely about himself. I think he gets inspiration from his own life. Yeah. Everybody does. But this goes back to him being so widely read Yeah. Uh, across all genres, history, even like he was, Greek mythology. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll just be reading an interview about him and he'll like drop something like, Oh, you know, you don't want to be like the Oracle of Delphi and da da da. Which it's like, unless you've had to read or you're into Greek mythology, yeah. you don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But he just knows what that is. And he doesn't necessarily want everyone to know that that's what he put in it, right? It's just, it's the song. Yeah. Um, so cool. Can we talk about this, the structure of the song okay. musically? All right. What he's doing. How does it relate to classical pieces or do you have any, do you have any? Let's insight? see. Yes, I have notes that I can't read. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I just, you know, like I mentioned, the three personalities of the song um, and the, you know, the complex chord, chord structure in the, the last part, the flowy part. But it's, it's really kind of rhapsodic. Mm-hmm. to me you know it has uh these different parts that really don't seem to go together by themselves like if i played each part for you and said oh that's nice and then i said now there's this other part that goes you know i would you know how are you going to fit that together and then this <laughs> other part You know, uh, how they all fit together, but he, he manages to make it work. Um, so to me, there's the, the genius in this song. These three different sections, which are, which stand alone. 
They're all very good by themselves, but then somehow he connected them into one song. And they also, uh, you know, the lyrics and everything tell about, you know, this, this hidden part, this, the mask, you mm-hmm. know, in your mask, you're, you're showing this face that's not really what's inside. And so, you know, depending on which section you think is the mask, but um, it just shows, you know, we all are that way to some degree. Let's think about certain, if we went to a certain situation, we might act differently or we will act differently, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's a stressful thing, you know? And uh, so it's, it's just, again, but it goes back to human nature. And I think none of his lyrics are ever nonsensical. They never don't mean anything. You know, you can pick some of these rock artists and their lyrics don't mean anything. They're just putting words in to uh, make the song. The Red right? Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> and others. Uh, but his lyrics always mean something. They're always, they never just throw away lyrics. And I feel like he... Uh, gets an idea across, a thought across, completely start, you know what I mean? Like he he gets the complete thought yeah. in the song, which hard to do without <laughs> it sounding like stupid. You yes. know what I mean? Um, this song too, it kind of threw me off. The way this is very like, theatrical i guess but the way he bookends the song yeah oh yeah that's true i, I didn't uh that, that's probably what you were trying to get me to say and i forgot maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> the end <laughs> yeah we go back to the to the end so this is a classical device where you start with something and then you have you know what, what you would call the like development you know the middle section of the song but then you always come back mm-hmm. and um you end with what you began with, but then he does it in a mirror image, right? Because when you start, it's piano, and then he has the whistling, mm-hmm. but at the end he has the whistling, and then he has the piano. So it's a, a mirror image from beginning to end, and I don't think that's by accident. I, think, I know there's there's moments in my where I'm like, you know how people will be like, if he was right in front of you, what would you ask him? Yeah, and then you're going through all these like questions are like oh these sound so generic what everybody probably asks him that and then it's like genuinely now i'm like i want to ask him and be like this song like it's a mirror image of itself yeah did you do that on purpose <laughs> did it just happen yeah and then you're like oh cool this is a mirror image or yeah i just the thought process that his mind maybe goes through and he he probably there probably is not a real explanation for it <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like composers who um, who somebody who is a composer, not just a songwriter, mm-hmm. likes likes symmetry, likes form, and when you have form in music, you always have a return of the original idea, maybe a little bit differently, which he does. He just plays it a little bit differently, but you begin and end the same, and then you have this this turmoil in the middle, but then it resolves itself to the way it started. So I feel like his personality type he probably like that probably just brings him such like to end the song so (laughs) perfectly as it began Uh uh-huh and it just comes out when you're a composer it just comes out i don't feel like he's saying okay i'm going to end this way i begin it i just think it's it's the way a composer does a lot of it's inspiration and they're automatically doing these things without having to think i'm going to do this you know when you study form and music saying okay here's this part here's this part and we look at it from the outside mm-hmm. but when you're a composer and it's coming out of you symmetry just happens because you know it, it's form it's beauty you know when you build something there's symmetry 
Yeah. And symmetry looks beautiful. And uh, even in music. All right. Why <clears> don't you play inst- so you don't have to sing. You can just. Ah, yes. Uh, what personality we want to end with? I don't care. The, the shadow. 